This is a podcast from Rover. Kyle McDonald is with us in studio this morning. It's his first book called Shit Happens, Lessons for Dealing with Life's Ups and Downs. Kyle, good morning. Thank you for coming in. We have had you on the phone before over the years, but thank mm. you. Great to finally meet you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're a psychotherapist. I am. Uh, what's the difference between a psychotherapist and a physiotherapist? No. <laughs> <laughs> and a psychiatrist. Uh, well, psychiatrist is a medical doctor, so they usually sort of assess, diagnose, and prescribe medication. Uh, psychotherapists, we specialise in talking therapy, basically. People come and see us for counselling, usually once a week, yeah. uh, when something's troubling them. So we're going to get to your book shortly, right, which is out today, Shit Happens, that Roger's talking mm. about. But just on what you're saying, what your job is with yep. therapy and stuff. So obviously a really big thing for on our show over the last few years has been um, trying to raise money for Gumboot Friday, right, which I know you've had a lot to do with Mike mm. King over the years. Yeah. And um, been able to, through the generosity of our great listeners, raise a lot of money and provide a lot of counselling, right? Because I think our audience are a massive part of of either wanting to help others or they've lived through mm. others being in not a good place, et cetera, et cetera. Have you seen, um, in a good way, the rise of the want for things like therapy and that? Because I feel like it's become a lot more accepted. Yeah, I think um, thanks to the great work of Mike King and yourselves for that matter, I mean, I think we're much more literate at talking about uh, distress and, and mental health difficulties. You know, and, and that's part of what I address in the book is, is actually the challenge, I think, sometimes is to recognise that uh, you know, shit happens, life mm. continues to roll, and mm. even if you haven't had, you know, big traumas in your life, um, you know, you're probably going to lose someone you care about, uh, life changes, and, and there's lots of stuff that we have to accept. And so we do have to be a little bit careful about how much we sort of make everything um, that's distressing about mental health, but I think it's great that we're developing a language to talk about this what stuff. What do you mean by that? That's a, that seems a good point. Well, I mean, I think sometimes, because we've done such a good job of, of developing language around depression and anxiety, yeah. we, we can sometimes feel, um, like I say in my first chapter, are we all mad? Yeah, um, exactly. But actually I think life happens, right? And, yeah. and life can be distressing and we all have ways of dealing with that. And these things only become a problem if they're a problem. Mm, okay, and this, like you say, it's not a self-help book, but it's, it's a way of explaining the reasons why you may feel this way and it's okay to feel this way and not trying to unlock everything, but just give a bit of perspective for each chapter. Yeah, I always said I didn't want to write a self-help book because actually, um, you know, there's a limit to how helpful books can be. But hopefully this book is helpful and, mm. and leads you to make changes in your life that actually will reinforce good mental health. So a lot of that's about relationships and connection and making sure that we're part of good communities. You've been doing this for over 20 years. Were you busier? Have we got crazier? Um, are we all mad since COVID? Have things got worse? Uh, I think that we were certainly all um, displaying our ways of coping with things during yeah. COVID for good <laughs> yeah. or for ill, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, generally, again, I think it's hard to know, really, because I think we're getting so much better at being open, um, like you say, Bryce, about being able to talk about these things more comfortably. It's hard to know whether we were all just struggling and we just didn't talk about it. And yeah. That was actually the problem. I feel like it's a thing, too, eh, where... Uh, not all people, but some people will downplay their own problems because other people's problems in their life can be more significant. So Kiwis are really good, aren't they? Well, some Kiwis are really good at being like, oh, yeah, but it's not as bad as yeah, um, yeah, So I won't yeah. do anything to address it or fix it. You know, like we're, we're quite good at that. I don't know if self-sabotage is the right word, but, you know, we can not look after ourselves as, as well as we should 
Because we're always thinking it's not as bad as what somebody else has got, etc. Yeah, and I think that can be one of the downsides sometimes of the of the mental health conversation is people think, oh, well, you know, I can still get up and go to work. I, mm. I you know, my life's ticking along, but I'm not feeling that great. Yeah. Um, that's an okay time to actually do a bit of preventative work and do a bit of an assessment of your life and figure out what's not quite working. And it might be quite simple things like sleeping, eating, or, you know, cutting down on the booze or actually just spending a bit of time connecting with the people you love. I don't do a lot of reading, but I feel like I might need to read this book. Are we all a bit mad? I mean, my nieces and nephews call me Mad Auntie Mel, and you've got a <laughs> chapter here exploring love. So this book is kind of for everyone, really, would you say? Yeah, look, I mean, I'd hope or so. Or did you write it for me? <laughs> yeah. Is this for me? She's or? mad, and she can't find love. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is it going to help us all? Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure she takes the coffee home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at, at the risk of getting cheesy I think um, ultimately when it comes down to it the the point of life is actually to develop loving relationships and, and to, to maintain that closeness with people and for me you know a lot of people turn up in therapy because they can't do that for one reason or another it isn't always about childhood but actually developing a story where you can understand your emotional development from the time you were born to the present day can help us untangle some mm. of those things and get flexible about then how we behave in those relationships you're right because one of your chapters is surviving childhood and that's surviving as, as you know when we're kids surviving and also surviving parenting because I know that Bryce and Mills have both got kids at the younger scale of things. I've been there, I've done that. My kids are older now. There's always certainly you know different pressures uh, that come with this. But gee, it's it's hard, and I can see why people might want to see you with young kids because that's a hard phase of your life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, the the sleep deprivation is yeah. um, pretty tough just for a start. But yeah. I think what often happens for people is once they have kids, they start to think differently about their own childhood and yeah. about their own parents for, yeah. for good and and for ill. And I think we can often be confronted by the the bumps in the road that we've experienced in childhood that we might have been able to put away yeah. for some time yeah. when when we see you know how vulnerable and our little kids are. You say and on page twenty eight, human newborns are completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> they are. That's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmation. They, they can also be useless at 18 months. Yeah, yeah. You do go on to explain how you can get around that, but I haven't got time to read that. Well, uh, glad, glad that's your takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle McDonald with us in the studio. Shit Happens book mm. is out today. Um, now, you were talking about there are preventative things that we can do to look after ourselves better, right, um, in terms of our mental health and that. What are some things that... What are key things as humans, as a in, in general, that we do do wrong, and what could we do better? I always feel like I'm in a better place if I'm trying to be a little bit more active. Like, mm. I mean, look at me. There's in no way do you think to yourself, there's a fit, buff, active guy. <laughs> but I try and do enough that it makes my brain feel better. Yeah. So whether that's a little bit of boxing mm. or a run a couple of times a week or even just a good walk, whatever it is, I always feel better after that. Is like, is fitness a big? part of preventative strategy? Yeah, look, it is. And I sort of talk about it as taking care of the basics. We're sleeping, eating, uh, making sure that we're getting enough um, time off screens yeah. um, oh, and yeah. spending enough time actually just paying attention to the present moment. So you don't have to sit down and meditate to do that. Sometimes it can be just playing with our kids or you know, around a golf, whatever works for you. Yeah. Um, but taking care of those basics is so important. And often what tends to happen is we might, uh, you know, once we start to get distressed, those things sort of slide because mm. we start to justify that extra drink or we start to justify that extra episode to try and de-stress of you know, Netflix at sort of 11 o'clock at night. Always a good idea to 
come back to those basics. And exercise doesn't have to be training for a marathon. It's actually just about doing enough movement with our body that we um, that we feel good as a result. It's a great answer. And it's, you mentioned screens, and it's great you're here because uh, whether it's actually, I think it is, uh, they're going to, national are going to say, they're going to ban phones in schools. And this is all ages, all years. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I don't think banning things ever really works in terms of teaching kids stuff. I mean, I think the schools that are doing this well are already making sure kids don't have their phones in the classroom. Parents, a lot are, yeah. But actually learning how to engage with these things in a way that works. And, and actually to give the young folks credit out there listening, I think you guys do a better job than my generation. I mean, I'm nearly 50 mm-hmm. and I think some of the worst phone habits I've seen yeah. is in, in my friends and, and myself at times. Mate, Absolutely, I couldn't, yeah. Ag- yeah. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Like, and, we're all guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am 100%. Yeah. I know we all, if we were honest, put our hands up, would say so. But I see it with my parents, they're even worse. Yeah, I did wonder with that policy where they're going to take the phones off the teachers as well. Yeah, yeah. my parents well, are always mums, on it. Grand, my mum, grandma's on Facebook, Kyle. Yeah. Well, that, that, she should have taken off her phone. <laughs> like, yeah. Take it off her. <laughs> also, what you don't know, uh, Kyle, is that Roger has an incredible ability uh, <laughs> when there's three months out from an election to, 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 to always crowbar in um, <laughs> national <laughs> policy. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a special gift. Yeah, it just sort of slid in there, didn't slid it? There, yeah. Yeah. We knew yeah. what was happening. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, look, we have a quite a male skew uh, listenership. We've got great uh, female listeners. Yeah. But this is, uh, I reckon this is an important book for a lot of New Zealand men who are moving on through different phases of their lives, trying to deal with being a man. And that misnomer uh, in society is quite uh, exaggerated, I feel, at the moment. And having to live up to the statue of hand on your man card mm. or have a cup of concrete and harden up. Like, where, where are we at with, as being men in New Zealand right now, do you think? It's, a, it's quite a broad question. Well, it is quite a broad question. Um, and I don't think in some ways we're that unusual. Like, you know, sadly, when we look at the suicide stats, which I know you guys have talked about a lot on this show, it does skew towards male and it does skew towards men in their sort of 40s. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that, you know, men that turn up in my room um, to have a yarn with me about what's going on, often it's that thing where they've actually lost the emotional connection with the people around them. And, you know, you don't have to sort of hand in your man card to mm. do things differently. Often it's actually just about being able to do what a lot of men know how to do, which is actually just open up and talk to their people who are really close to them, their partners and especially their kids. Sadly, I think a lot of men feel like they need to be at work 60 or 70 hours yeah. a week and they miss out on a lot of stuff, which is actually really grounding and is kind of the, the whole kind of point of being on the planet. Yeah. Right? Mm. Now, I went to therapy, right? My wife told me it would be a really good thing to do. I'd never done it in my life. I'd yeah. sat here in the studio and told other people to go and do this and that, and I'd never done it myself, right? And so, But I was getting quite overwhelmed and um, I found it really hard. A lot of people would come up and be really emotional with me after a few drinks at different rock events and tell me, have great honesty and vulnerability and tell me these things, but it was quite overwhelming. I get I get told really heavy stuff, right? So I didn't really know how to process it. So my wife was like, you should go and get some therapy and tell them about it. When I went in there, it was like really good. Uh, it really helped me. But I reckon there'd be so many people listening that would be, they, they, they quite like the idea of maybe going to therapy, but they have no idea what it is. Like or what to expect, and that might put people off. Like, 
you know, do you, for people listening, like it's not the big, bad, scary thing that people might think it is? No, it isn't. And it isn't someone sort of peering down their glasses at you yeah. waiting for you to say something. I mean, I think um, if, if you if you think it's a good idea, then I just really encourage people to give it a crack. The thing is, you don't have to sign a contract to turn up every week for 10 years yeah. or anything. Yeah. Um, and actually, in private practice, if you're paying to see someone, you're actually in charge. You've, you've hired us. So mm. um, the important thing is that one of the things I talk about in the book is that actually a lot of this stuff is, is learning about how we develop as people and how we develop our emotional coping skills and you can learn different ways and so it isn't just about going along and sort of pouring your heart out it is actually about learning things that you can actually implement and use in your day-to-day life and without doubt and I'd be interested in hearing your experience Bryce the most important thing just like any other human relationship is to find someone you click with yeah if in that first session you don't feel like it is kind of working then that's a really good sign it's not going to work find someone you like male female whatever age and and uh and and Give it a go for a few sessions. Because the last lockdown, uh, I actually was losing my mind and I saw, and as, as Great Media Works had a, a system where we could see people and I had, and I did see someone for a, just on Zoom because we were in lockdown, but yeah, I've, I found a person, like you said there, that I did click with and I think I had about five or six sessions with him and uh, so that definitely helps. So you're right, if it, if it doesn't work you don't feel what you should. What you're saying is, don't feel as though you have to continue with that yeah. person. Absolutely, and yeah. you know that can be frustrating if you've already sort of dropped a bit of coin for a yeah. couple of sessions. Yeah. But if it doesn't feel right in the first few sessions, it's not going to work. Can mm. I get a refund? <laughs> <laughs> do you have to do refund? <laughs> you seem cured. You haven't been here long enough. Um, so you got Kyle McDonald. Shit happens. The book is out now. Can I ask a tip though? A lot of rock listeners and a lot of people in general um, experience grief. You talked about grief earlier on in the interview right um what are i do you have a couple of good tips as to how people can deal with grief there'll be people that might have lost a friend a family member to something yeah. like suicide mm-hmm. or it could just be you bloody lost your dad and you weren't getting on with your dad at the time or something yeah. like that and you're now in this place of that guilt. Oh, god damn it you know you can have mm. guilt surrounded with grief like I think one of the biggest um, pieces of advice with grief is to actually just let yourself whatever you're feeling. There's lots of ideas about out there about how grief should be, right? You know, people talk about stages of grief and the things that you should feel. And actually, the thing is it throws up whatever feelings it throws up. And when I talk about making space to have the feelings, often that's just about maybe reflecting with some photos or some memories or just taking some time to talk to somebody else who knew them and, and, you know, remembering the good, the bad and everything in between. If it's particularly complicated, then, you know, talking to a therapist or counsellor can be a good idea. But grief's really natural. You know, it's been happening for as long as human beings have been walking and we do have ways of managing it. So it's not dissimilar to what you're saying about when someone's alive, it's that present time, it's the experiencing it. Absolutely. It's the being in the moment, sorry, is more what I want to try and say. Yeah, and ideally face-to-face with um, another human being is generally the best way to talk through most things. Your book's out today. It's been fantastic. We've had you on the phone. It's so good. Come in any time you like. Carl McDonald, psychotherapist. Um, Cheers, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you're on another. You're on the other radio station yeah, as yeah, well. We, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got enough there. But you're doing, you're doing, <laughs> you, don't you, don't help. you don't need any help from uh, us. You're doing, you're doing great work on another radio station, though. Cheers. Yeah, um, so, I um, really appreciate it. Thank you.